The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. As soon as they left the synagogue, Jesus and the disciples entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. They told him about her at once, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sundown, they brought to him men, all, I mean, all who were sick or possessed of demons, and the whole city were gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. But he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. Simon and his companions hunted for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the other town so that I might proclaim the message to them also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. It's a story about choosing next steps. It's a story about deciding what direction to take, what to do next. It shows us that Jesus doesn't know maybe everything ahead of time, that he doesn't have the whole outline of his life mapped out in his brain. He, too, like us, has to pray and discern and decide what it is that God is calling him to do. It's easy to choose between something good and something really bad, like it's easy to choose between taking care of an infant or robbing a bank. But it's really hard to choose between two things that both seem equally good or two things that we like equally well. Maybe it's hard to make up our mind if somebody says, do you want the ice cream or the cake? And we just want to say both. It's hard to decide whether to do something evil or something good, but it can be difficult to choose between do two goods, like do I give to this other charity this month or do I give this extra money to the church? After healing Simon's mother-in-law, the whole city gathers around the door to the house where they are staying. He is feeling the pressures of the needs of the people and the pressures of the compassion he has in his heart for them, the pressures and the temptation is to stay and meet all these people's needs, to heal them all, to set up shop, 
to maybe hang out a, single, a shingle and be the local healer, right? And people would just come from far and wide, and he could take care, perhaps, of all of them. It would certainly make him very popular. It's what the disciples think maybe ought to happen next. And the clue would be, well, you know, it's a success, right? So obviously this is what God would want. But he says, no. Maybe I need to go on to the other towns and proclaim the message to them also. We don't practice discernment in a vacuum. Sometimes we think maybe it would be easier if we did. Other times it's really helpful to have all those outside voices. I think what others want can often prevent us from doing what God wants us to do, especially if what the other people want seems good and right and would make us uh, popular in other people's eyes. But it's also true that what people want can be mistaken for what God wants. Wouldn't want God everybody to be healed? Wouldn't God want all the demons cast out? Wouldn't that be a very good thing? And it would not have cost them their lives. How to decide? Well, the first step that Jesus takes is he gets up early in the morning when it's still really dark outside, which is not my favorite time to be out of bed. And he goes out. He leaves the house and he goes out into the wilderness, into a deserted place, And there he prays. He looks to God. He's as busy as we are, maybe busier sometimes than we are. We know his ministry put demands on him from the crack of dawn until well after sunset most nights. So he has to get up when nobody else is up. We hear about him praying before sunlight or other times late, late in the evening or even in the middle of the night at midnight. He gets up before daylight to avoid some of these demands and he goes off to the deserted place away from distractions and it can be a challenge to find solitude, right? There's always people and voices and to-do lists all around us, but he goes to some place remote and maybe that helps. Maybe sometimes we need to find a remote place, a place away, even if it's going into a closet. He's recommended that. Some place, maybe while everybody is asleep, maybe it's a walk after dark if you're not into the wee hours of the morning. A walk around the neighborhood, a conversation with God, which might be in your head, but I guarantee if you have it out loud, people probably won't walk up and bother you. I wonder, what did Jesus ask God? What was the question on his heart? How did he frame it? What would it have sounded like? It's not so much what he does as why he does it. He trusts and believes that the Spirit of God will always answer him. And so in the morning, while it is still very dark, he gets up and he goes out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. He called on the Holy Spirit to help him discern, to lead him, to show him the direction that he should take in his life and in his work. J. Rochelle writes, even for the most material or nitty-gritty matters, there is a spirit at work nudging us, leading us, even pulling us by the nose ring. At Pentecost, the gift of discernment 
he says, is breathed into the world, which enables us to see the presence of the divine in the midst of the human. What does it feel like when prayer is answered? How do you know? How do you know if it's God's voice or if it's just your own voice or own desire that's taken over? I don't know, I think there's a lot of clues. You know, you have to kind of check off a list and go down. It's not just one thing. It's, um, maybe it's a chance encounter with just the right person who reinforces the message that's within you. And you weigh that in. It goes into the pile. Or maybe it's a thought or a conviction that's growing stronger and stronger within you and can't be ignored. And if so, that too goes into the pile. Maybe it's something from the Bible, a conversation around the scriptures which keeps coming to mind. It becomes part of the conversation in your heart. Sometimes it's a string of events, you know, that sort of unlikely perfect timing that seems divine where things just kind of, we say, they fall into place and it becomes clearer. Or maybe it's just something that you've set into motion that becomes harder to stop the more you or somebody else tries to hold it back. And then finally, is it in accord with the gospel? Is it something that's just going to make us comfortable or popular or make us feel good about ourselves? Or is it something also that carries that cross along with it? Does it conform with God's teaching about the kingdom of heaven? There was a poet whose mother really wanted him to be a doctor and make a lot of money. He said to her one day, Mother, but I don't want to keep people from dying. I want to teach them how to live. That's discernment. Jesus' call is to a vocation. We say that. What is our vocation in life? It's a vocalization. It's a, a spoken invitation, a voice asking us to come closer. It's a call to go deeper, deeper maybe into what we are here to do, deeper into the present moment, deeper into our relationships, deeper into the life that we're already living, perhaps, deeper into the truth that is already in front of us, deeper into the presence which is already within us. Most often, it's not a call to go off someplace else. It can be, but not always. More often, it's a call to sort of be something else, to be otherwise, to become new, to be transformed. Like the fishermen and the tax collectors, we've made a comfortable place for ourselves where we know how to do what we do. We don't necessarily want to mix things up. But now Jesus calls us to let go of the familiar, and to move deeper and to go on an unknown adventure, to try something that maybe shakes things up, the untraveled road. It may lead to other changes along the way, but it certainly will lead us into a new awareness, into that calling of Christ, that sense that we are not on our own, that we are led by God. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out, to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him, and when they found him, they said to him, everybody's searching for you. You know, and in that is this loaded question, what are you doing out here? There are all these people back here who need you. 
But he says, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I might proclaim the message to them also, for that is what I came out to do. And then the decision was made. The decision that would lead him on to Jerusalem eventually and to the cross, to the cross that would lead on to eternal life. But for one morning, in the balance of one morning and one moment, in the midst of prayer, the outcome could have been very different. Amen.